I had a meeting with a representative of Yachad yesterday, so I started thinking about different issues that come up on probably on Yachad Shabbatones and in general with people who, uh, who benefit from these types of services that Hask provides and that Yachad provides. Um, Hask and Yachad are not the same, but uh, these kinds of uh, services that are provided by different wonderful organizations, all wonderful organizations, and it uh, got me thinking about uh, the issue of what happens when there is a bar mitzvah boy who is a developmentally disabled child, special needs. So what do we do? What is he allowed to do, not allowed to do in terms of tefillin, alios, things of that, things of that nature. And I happened to come across in the chuvas of the Rav of the Kotel, the Shalos Chuvas Sha'arei Tzion, Chelek Beis, Rav, uh, what's his name again? Rav Rabinovich, who's the Rav of the Kotel, um, has, a, has two volumes of Shalos Chuvas that I'm aware of. The Shailas are phenomenal. It's so interesting to see what the rabbi, the, he's the rabbi of the biggest shul in the world with how, whether you, depending on which way you look at it, either no membership or the world's largest membership. Uh, he's the rabbi of the Kotel, so he's got to deal with all the issues that come up at the Kotel. And one of the issues he deals with is they're always doing bar mitzvahs there. So he's like, what do you do about a bar mitzvah that's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and they want a lane and they want to get an aliyah? What do you do about, like they're always dealing with all sorts of different bar mitzvah shailas. So one of the issues he, he has is what if you have an autistic child who they want to do a bar mitzvah for? Should they put tefillin? Should they have him wear tefillin? Should he get an aliyah? Should he not get an aliyah? Now the truth is the spectrum is so vast. It's so broad. There are so many different levels that it's very difficult to say you do this and you don't do that. What you have to assume is that there is some line somewhere where we define someone as not being chayv and mitzvos when you're on one side of the line and yes being chayv and mitzvos when you're on the other side of that line. It's debatable exactly where that line is. I asked Rav Shechter once what, what he thought, what, what his opinion is in terms of who is and who is not chayv and mitzvos and he had a pretty low threshold for what would be considered someone who's chayv and mitzvos. He thought that he could be chayv to a minion and everything for someone who knows uh, that he should put on a winter coat when it's cold outside and knows uh, not to put on a winter coat when it's hot outside. I mean, basic things that could just, you know, for his basic maintenance, knows to ask for food when he's hungry, you know, these kinds of things. As long as he's at that level of functionality, that that would be enough, he thought, to, uh, to, to be considered um, not a cherish. Now, a lot of times people get this wrong. They call uh, people who are not chayv and mitzvahs because they're, they're low on the spectrum, they call them a, a shota. It's not a shota. A shota is someone who's deranged. We're not talking about deranged people over here. A cherish is someone, Chazal talk about a cherish, they talk about someone who's deaf, but because someone was deaf, they had no education, and they couldn't communicate, and they couldn't have higher order thinking because they were never, were never, were, were never able to communicate with other people. So uh, this would be in the category of a cherish rather than in the category of, uh, of a shota. But the so the way we're going to form, format this is the way Rav Rabinovich does in Simon Yud Gimel Chelik Beis is let's assume that we have to discuss tefillin both for someone who's above the threshold of being chayv mitzvos and for someone who's below the threshold. Let's discuss aliyah Torah, both for someone who's above the threshold and for someone who's below the threshold. What that threshold is, I told you Rav Shachl's opinion is, there could be a variety of opinions, but that's not really our main Indian right now. What if you have an autistic person who has a din of a bardas and he's chayv in mitzvos? He does not have a din of a cherish of a katan. He doesn't have a din of a, of a cherish. So mikra din, he's chayv in tefillin. So you think, okay, so then it's no brainer. Of course, you get him tefillin and have him wear tefillin. However, there is a gemara mesach hasukadaf membeza meral of tan rabbanon katan ayodeil in nanea chayv belulav lis atef chayv betzitzis. 
Lishmar Tvilin, Aviv Lokech Lo Tvilin. At what age is the age of Chinuch for a variety of mitzvahs? So the Gemara tells us in Masech HaSukkah, it depends when the child is able to do that mitzvah Bishle Musa. If he's able to do the mitzvah of Tvilin properly, Bishle Musa, not just bare minimum uh, fulfillment, that he's able to put it on, but he's able to protect his Tvilin, that's when the father is chayev to buy him Tvilin. And that's why we pass in Shulchan Aruch, Simen Lam Zayin, Sif Gimel, Katan Yadeh, Lishmar Tvilin, Betahara, Shalom Yishon, Mishal Yafiach Bem, if he knows Knows not to fall asleep in his tefillin, not to pass gas in his tefillin. His father should buy him to, and the Rabbi Ed not to go into the bathroom wearing his tefillin. Chayiv aviv liknos la tefillin lechancho. His father should be should buy him tefillin to be mechanichim. Says the Rama, the high cut on davkashu ben yud gimel shanu v'yomechad v'chein naguvein l'shanos. That's only when we talk about a cut. We're talking about a thirteen-year-old who doesn't yet have shtei saros, but he is thirteen years old. But before that, we don't get tefillin at all. The Rambam writes, Mitzta'er umi she'ein da'atom yusheves unechona alav. Let's say a person is very distracted and he's unable to focus. Pater minat tefillin. Shaminiach tefillin asolol l'siach da'ita man. One is not allowed to be masiach das while wearing tefillin. One cannot be distracted while wearing tefillin. He's not allowed to think about inappropriate things while, we're, while, we're, while wearing tefillin. So you see from this Rambam that even when you're not dealing with a katan, even when you're dealing with someone who's a bardas, who's chayv in mitzvos, he's not allowed to do the mitzvah of tefillin if he's not able to to fulfill all the requirements of tefillin, which is shmir al gufnaki, making sure that he doesn't have any bodily functions while he's wearing his tefillin. Shalolishan ben, not to sleep in them, not to go into a bathroom while wearing the tefillin, not to be misiach das from the tefillin. If a person is unable to do those things, he should not wear tefillin. That's the very reason that we don't wear tefillin all day long, and most of us don't wear tefillin at mincha either, because we assume that we uh, we have a very small amount of time in the morning where we're going to be able to fulfill all of these conditions. So that's when we wear our tefillin. After that, because we're not going to be able to, to live up to the standard that you need to live up to when wearing tefillin, so that's why we don't wear, wear tefillin. So it turned out that if you have a child who is not able to focus or is not able to function at this level uh, where, where he's not going to be able to give the proper kavod to, to the tefillin, um, and so it should be also for him to wear tefillin even if he's mechuyiv b'mitzvahs because he can't, he can't protect the tefillin just like we don't wear tefillin the whole day. But if he's able to, to fulfill all of these requirements for at least a minimal period of time, then he's a bar and we should get him tefillin and have him wear it for at least that minimal period of time. Now it's a little bit sad that when we think about it, a lot of times people that are fully bardas uh, don't observe all these requirements. Certainly the Masiach Das requirement from, from tefillin, but it is the halacha. The halacha is that a person is not allowed to be Masiach Daitomeham. Now what the definition of Hesach Das is, is a discussion of the postkin. It might not mean thinking about other things. It might just mean thinking about inappropriate other things, not just thinking about other, other things. But uh, if, a, if a child, an, an autistic child who's past the threshold, where he's chayiv in mitzvos and is able to wear tefillin for a short period of time where he's able to maintain these standards, so then he's chayiv to wear tefillin for that short period of time where he's able to maintain these standards. What if we're talking about someone who's not a bardas and he's not mechayiv in mitzvos? So obviously he doesn't have to wear tefillin. Is he allowed to wear tefillin? So uh, I, I would reference the whole discussion we once had about women wearing tefillin where, generally speaking, the posts can say that since it's so risky to wear tefillin, if you're
you're not chayiv to wear tefillin because of the concerns of not having a gufnaki and everything else. So one should not volunteer to wear tefillin if one is not chayiv to wear tefillin. So lechara the same would be true over here that if he's not mechuyiv b'davar, it should be aser to allow him to wear tefillin because b'makom chayiv it's uh, aser to, to put them on when there's hashadas. Kol when there's no chayiv, if there's a deep concern of hashadas, he should not put on the tefillin. That's in terms of tefillin. What about getting an aliyah l'Torah? Is he allowed to get an aliyah l'Torah? So let's first to talk about the child who's past the threshold where he's chayiv v'mitzvos, where he's enough of a bardas to be chayiv v'mitzvos. So uh, the, the, uh, it would seem, of course, why wouldn't you give him an aliyah l'Torah? You could say the brachos, good. Call him up to the Torah, let him say the brachos, and then it will be wonderful. The Torah writes in some kuf lamates, hakorei ha-parashat tzorek l'sader osa, Torah says anyone who's going to read from the Torah has to prepare it two or three times because that's how long it takes to know it really well Halavai has to look it over two or three times before he learns from the Torah <laughs> just like Rabbi Akiva when he was offered to learn from the Torah and he said you know I haven't looked it over so he didn't want to he w- didn't want to take the opportunity to learn so says the Beis Yosef that's when the guy who got the Aliyah used to also have to be the Valkore so only if it was someone who knew the learning was able to get an Aliyah because the Aliyah meant being a Valkore but the, what we do where the Ola is not Kore Bikal Rav so he, then he doesn't have to be so prepared you can get an Aliyah even if you're not prepared but so it would seem okay so we're good over here as long as he can say the brachos. He doesn't have to know how to lane. That's okay. But, says the Abu Dram, quoting the Beis Yosef, uh, based on the story of Rabbi Akiva, that people who don't know how to read Hebrew, they don't even know Osachas, they don't know how to read the Hebrew language, and they're not going to be able to follow along, they should not get an Aliyah the Torah, says the Abu Dram. Rabbi Nusad Yagon, also quoted by the Beis Yosef, says that if you need this person to be Kore because he's a Kohen, or he's a Levi, and he's the only one, he's the only Kohen, or he's the only Levi, so Yira Shliach Sibor Im Kisheyikralo Mila B'mila Yodea L'Omra Yachalikros V'imlav Lo Yala only if he's able to read along, if the Shliach Sibur goes slowly enough, that he'll be able to repeat word by word, he'll be able to say it along with the Shliach Sibur, only then can he get an Aliyah. If he's not capable of doing that, even if he's the only Kohen, the only Levi, he should not get an Aliyah. And that's what Shulchan Aruch Paskins in Kuflam Tesev Beis, Misha Eni Yodei Alikros, Tzarech Limchos Biyadosh Lo Yala the Sefer Torah. Someone who cannot read should not be Ola to the Sefer Torah. V'im Tzrichel Mazesh Eni Yodei Alikros. And if you need him, because he's the only Kohen or Levi, so again, if he could do Mila B'Mila, then it's okay. But if he can't do Mila B'Mila, he's not going to be able to say it alone, then he should not get an Aliyah. Says the Mishnah Brura that the Ramah and the next Sif and Sif Gimel writes that our minig is always to be makel with these things. And even if a person can't be kore minak sav, even if a person can't read it from the Torah, even as you're saying it, still we'll call him for an aliyah. What's a classic example of this? The Ramah and the next Sif is talking about a summa. Shulchan says a blind person can't get an aliyah because he can't read anything. He's blind. The Ramah says our minig is to be makel, that a blind person can get an aliyah. But uh, Rav Rabinovich suggests, yeah, but that's a person who at least knows how to say the words. He could, uh, he could at least be Yotzei Shomei Kaone. He knows what he's hearing. And he himself would be able to say the words. He just can't read it. But if you're dealing with someone who can't even uh, make out the words because he's totally unfamiliar with all the words, then he shouldn't get an aliyah at all. That's what it sounds from the Shulchan 
Aruch and the Ramah, which would put us in a very difficult position. It would mean if you have uh, if you have a family that has a child who's, who's who's unable to read Hebrew because he didn't develop enough to uh, to be able to. There are plenty of very very high functioning people that can't read Hebrew because uh, there are language issues, and they were told that the parents were told you'll be able to train him to read one language, but absolutely not two. It'll, con- it'll confuse him too much, and you're not gonna. So and people are very brilliant people. I, I know one one guy I think of in particular, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant person, has a language issue, can't do, can't do, do. so what, you're not going to give him an aliyah, so uh, he can say the brachos, he can say that he just can't be karim tochik you're not going to give the autistic child an aliyah if he functions on a very high level, but he doesn't know how to read Hebrew, so, uh, so Rabbi Novich writes that the minig is to be makel on this issue, even if he doesn't uh, able, to, he's not able to hear or understand the Kriya Torah, as long as he can say the brachos, that's all you need, that he should be able to say the brachos, Rav Moshe writes this way, in that a cherish is a, that's able to say the bracha. And remember, the, the, the autistic child has the din of a cherish at, at, at worst, um, so he would be able to be alul Torah. And we don't uh, the, the fact that he's not able to be shomea is not uh, is not is, is not relevant. It's not going to, to hold him back. Um, that's if we're dealing with someone who's at least past the, 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 the threshold of being mechuyiv b'mitzvos. He knows to put on a coat when it's cold outside. What if he's a mechuyiv b'mitzvos? Can you give him an aliyah? So that, there's a raya that, uh, that he can get an aliyah from a Mishnah Megillah. Mishnah Megillah, Dabchav Gimel says, Hakol olu l'minyan shiva, afilu katan afilu isha. A katan and an isha could be olu l'minyan shiva. So l'chari, you don't have to be mechuyiv b'davar to get an aliyah. However, that is actually a raya lehepich. Because it only mentions katan anisha, it does not say that a cherish can get an aliyah. So the implication is that a cherish cannot get an aliyah, and that's what Shulchan Aruch paskins that a katan is only ola if he knows lemi mevarchin that he has to have a certain level, and that's what Prima Gadim writes: a summa v'cherish reina shomea vade asolalos d'lo shayich shomea kikore v'shote in the cross of the Torah the garami katan. So cherish shota uh, is worse than a katan. He says that he can't get an aliyah. However, Rav Moshe discusses this in your Rav Moshe writes, Cherish who's considered a Cherish Ladina is allowed to get Aliyos, even though he's Midini as Din of a Cherish, so he's not Chayv Bedavar, he's allowed to get Aliyos, says Rav Moshe, Kisha Muchrach, when it's Muchrach, when we need to, when it's important to do it. Lemashul, says Rav Moshe, Lebar Mitzvah Shalom, for his Bar Mitzvah. It's a big deal to get an Aliyah at a Bar Mitzvah, so we should give him an Aliyah at a Bar Mitzvah. L'afruv shalom. He's going to get married. It's a big deal to get an Aliyah. When you get married, we should give him an Aliyah when he gets married. And he says, Mikrim Rechokim, in other, in other circumstances, where it would be, let's say, a Shabbaton, that the Yachal is running, where it's a big deal to be able to get an Aliyah, so we should give him an Aliyah, because otherwise it's going to be, Chas V'Shalom, Kedesh Shalom, Yargish Hargash HaShiflus, Omar HaShchorah Chas V'Shalom, that he shouldn't feel like a second class citizen, he shouldn't feel like he doesn't count, so it's very important not to give that feeling and to make sure he gives an aliyah. However, says Rav Moshe, it should not be one of the seven. You should make a hosafa to give him an aliyah because he's not mechuyiv bedavar. So he says you should uh, you, you should say the brachos, uh, but don't don't rely on that as one of the the aliyos. So uh, so he said, and also not certainly not to give him maftir. He says if he's a kohen or a levi, we give him achron. After you call up seven kruim, then you can give him uh, you give him achron. Um, that's the uh, that's the psak that Rav Moshe has. So it sounds from from Rav Moshe 
that uh, certainly for his bar mitzvah, we should give him an aliyah, even if he's below the threshold. If he could say the brachos, and they're very proud, and his parents are proud of him, and we're very proud of him that he was managed to do that, to be able to say the brachos, good, let him have that experience. Say the brachos, and it will be a very meaningful experience for the, for the whole family. Um, the, when Ramosha says that you can give him an aliyah regila, you can give him a regular aliyah, you don't have to add for him, he says that, that's because the halacha, the maftir, counts toward the, the seven. So Ramosha really means you have to make sure there are seven people aside, aside from him. But the best thing to do is to add an extra aliyah, and read the, uh, and, and, and call him up for achron, and you read the psukim that he read again for maftir. So have him, meaning stop at the maftir the first time around, call that achron, give him that aliyah, and then when the Balmafti comes up, he'll read those psukim again. So it won't even be like we're reading more than we normally read. If you happen to give him another aliyah, then the next ola should go over those psukim again as well. That's what seems to be the, uh, the, the correct approach. Now, Rabbi has a discussion at the end of the tshuva that the Gemara Yavamas Kufir Gimel Amaral teaches us in Nisr Dar Raisa that you're not allowed to give an Isr to a katan. They have a child. You're not allowed to give him non-kosher food and uh, have him eat it. It's also supposed to be a dying to a katan. So is that a problem over here? You have someone who's not mechiv mitzvos, and you're gonna lecharu that it should apply to a cherish also. That uh, that's what the Magen Mishnah writes in in Hilchas Shabbos, Parak Beis Alachazayin, in the name of the Ramban and the Rashba, that it, that it applies to a cherish also. You're not allowed to give an iser to a cherish either. So here you have someone who's not mechiv mitzvos, and uh, his bracha is not a bracha, and you're training him to say a bracha levatala. So how, how are we allowed to do that? Isn't that Sviya Biyadayim? So Rabbi Nabish suggests that it's not even a Brachal of Atala. Brachal of Atala is that you're saying the Shem Hashem Bechinam. That's a Zilzal and Kavar Hashem. But he says, Cherish She'in Shum Mashma'us Librachasa Laskarasa Ein Bekach Brachal of Atala. When there's no Mashma'us to what he's saying, because he doesn't know at all what he's saying, maybe that's not called the Brachal of Atala, because there's no, it's not a bracha at all. Mitzida, There's no mashmas to it whatsoever. So maybe that's why the poskim are not concerned specifically with sviya uh, biyadayim when it comes to the case of the cherish. A little longer than I thought. Okay.